Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelant Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, We are finally off of our holiday break. I am, you would think I'd be well rested, but I'm uh, I'm just getting over a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a cold, a little bit of a sickness. Uh, I've spent the last several days editing an episode uh, of this podcast that uh, turned out great, but ha- had some uh, audio drift issues. All you sound engineers know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I'm very tired from doing that and catching them up on my CW shows. But make sure you follow us on Twitter at that real awesome. Nope, uh, that's me on Twitter at that nerdy cat. But you can also follow the show at real awesome pod on Twitter. Make sure you uh, catch us on facebook.com slash real awesome pod. That's where I post most of the. Um, information about live shows that we're doing like december 17th we are doing a live show at amalgam comics and coffee house where we're going to celebrate our 100th episode so make sure you come out for that check facebook.com slash real awesome pod for more information on times and addresses and whatnot uh this week's guest i'm super excited about um be simply because of the name uh we, we as you guys know uh i always have an issue pronouncing names and um because we have uh a artist here uh with his, with a stage name uh or we'll assume it's a stage name at the very least uh it is just staring at me on the screen here it was as soon as i like right before i hit record i was like oh my god <laughs> this is gonna be a train wreck so uh, as you all know uh be prepared but i think the the practice round went well Please welcome to the show, Hostiles. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy Hostiles. What's going on? Uh, thanks for thanks for being here. What's uh, what's going on, man? Man, not a whole lot. Uh, actually, I just got off my nine to five. You know how it is. You gotta still gotta pay the bills. And yes. uh, you know, just got off my nine to five, and I'm here um, talking with you, Kev. That's all. Yeah, I uh, my my nine to five. Uh, if I include all the the extra uh, like podcasting and other things that I dabble in, uh, I just don't sleep. Is is what I've learned is I don't I don't sleep often. Same here. Yeah, totally, totally. Probably maybe you know what you you don't sleep. I don't sleep. We just take naps. That's what it is. Yeah, I actually uh, last night was it last, <laughs> no last night I actually got some sleep, but it was the night before okay. I had uh, some stuff to do. And I went to bed uh, like at eleven ish. I, f- oh. I finally fell asleep, but then I woke up at like two. Yeah. To to wake up and and do more work. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's I usually sleep anywhere from three to five hours if I'm lucky a night. But yeah, I would consider it naps. Yeah. Often, I don't know if you do this during your nine to five. 
Um, or I don't know if you have the ability to, but I, I have a desk job for my nine to five. So I get a nice little hour, uh, lunch break that I often go to my car, uh, mm. unless it's too hot or too cold, yeah. uh, sit in the car, lean the, the seat back and just close my eyes for an hour and sleep. That sounds magical. You know, they did a study a couple years ago and they said that like power napping throughout the day at between one and three in the afternoon, 15 minutes will rejuvenate you just like that. It's actually recommended. And there were um, corporate companies like in office buildings, I, I'd imagine much like your nine to five that encourage this. It's like, hey, go to lunch and then fucking take a nap. Like, like, well, yeah, they, uh, my, my job doesn't encourage it. In fact, my, uh, <laughs> I've been there for almost two years now. Okay. And, um, last year during, like I started doing it late in the game because like I, I was the normal guy that took lunch, like at, from 12 to one and whatnot. And then my buddy who worked there, yeah. he said, yeah, I take lunch from three to four. That way I have a half hour left at the end of the day. I'm like, oh, that's genius, man. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I'm like at my most tired is at three. So I started taking lunch at from three to four. I would and I would eat like at noon, so that I was you right. know eating still. Yeah. And then I would uh, go to my car from three to four and, and nap for about forty five minutes. Right. That's and yeah. and I had someone one day come up to my window, <laughs> like knocking on the window, and I'm like, oh my god! And I rolled the window. I was like, what, what's wrong? Oh, we just saw you in here. We thought something was wrong. I'm like, I'm. <laughs> I'm napping. I'm not dead. Right. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't OD. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, was... that's later on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I, um, yeah, I, I agree with the whole napping thing. It's, uh, something that I am a huge fan of, uh, yeah. at th- I'm 33. Uh, yeah. so as I get older, like the, the, the late nights are getting harder and harder. Uh, and I have, I have two kids. So like, that's, you know, I'm running around with them as well. So the naps, especially on the weekend, like often I'll be wired and like everyone wants to lay down and relax. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) But then I just, I sit there for 10 minutes and I eventually fall asleep and take that two hour nap. And it's, it's glorious. Yeah. I'm the same, man. I'm, I'm 34, you know, I actually turned 35 later on this month, you know? And uh, yeah, man. So I'm right there with you with the whole nap thing. No kids though. Uh, but I'm, I'm right there with you with the, with the nap thing for sure. Yeah. Well, and uh, you, you mentioned you, you read a study about um, about those power naps being great. And I'll tell you, you know what? Sometimes a good 20-minute nap is better than a two-hour nap. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But I've read, and I, 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 and I don't do it as often anymore, but about a year or two ago, I read something, and I, and I stuck to it for about three to four months, okay. uh, where our ancestors – uh, I don't know how many generations back, but it was not abnormal for people to go to bed around like eight or nine at night and then wake up by 2 a.m. and stay up for two or three hours and like do things, whether it was clean or, you know, right or whatever, whatever it was they decided to do. They would they would be awake for two to three hours and then sleep for another two or three hours before they started their their day. Um, and that was, I did that for, like I said, about three, four months, something like that. And it was like, it was great. It was, I was getting my power naps in or or they were a little bit longer than power naps, obviously, but I was getting those naps in and I was able to like in the the hours from two to three, when the kids are asleep, I'm able to get stuff done. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like even like, um, 
and 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 the the uh, the the sleeping pattern that you mentioned, like our grandparents did that. Very not that not that back far actually. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, like my my <laughs> grandparents. Yeah, like my mother's from the Philippines. My father's from the Vietnamese from Vietnam. I didn't. I don't really know my father's side of the family, but I know my mother's side of the family very well. And um, they, when they lived in the Philippines, they lived on a farm. And so they had to get up at the crack of dawn or before to feed the animals and all these things. And so, yeah, they went to bed around the eight or nine o'clock time that you mentioned and woke up around four or five for the sunrise, feed the pigs, roosters, crowing. So you're up regardless. And um, what my, my grandparents had, what, six kids, I think? Oh, wow. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody helped out. Everybody pitched in. There was always something to do. And I find myself on days off, uh, much like you're, you're an entrepreneur as well and you have your, your nine to five, for myself on my days off, I'm actually upset if I wake up past 10 because I feel extremely unproductive. If I'm yeah. up at like six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, I'm golden on my day off. Yeah. But outside of that, I I feel like I beat myself up like, oh man, I was slept in two extra hours. You yeah. know, I could have done this, this and that. So yeah. It's, I, I don't, I don't get that often because I have the, the, my kids are, um, my youngest is three and my oldest is five. He'll be six in January. And, oh, cool. uh, so I don't think I've really seen 10 AM wake up times in mm. over six years at this point. <laughs> uh, but every now and then they'll let me sleep till nine and I don't like to sleep that late. Like you said, I kind of have, and it's not, even if it's me just like waking up and like relaxing or, or cleaning right. up the house a little bit or whatever it is, that's, you know, something that I can check off my to-do list. Um, yeah. I, like I off like during the week, I don't really have to wake up until about six six thirty. But I I usually try to uh, wake up at like five, like because you know, I feel like I'm wasting the day. And I like yeah. it's I, and I do feel and it's weird because I would say up to about a year ago, I was way more of a night owl, and I was like I would love to clean up the house or uh, make right. lunches or whatever uh, mm-hmm. at night, like you know like. 12, one o'clock in the morning. And now I much rather, you know, maybe stay up still and get some other things done that late, get my little right. power nap in and then wake up at five and get like the chores done. Like I feel way more productive in the morning and you're right. Like if I sleep, if I sleep late and I think for me, that's maybe eight thirty. uh, yeah. that's what I feel like really unproductive. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Cause I mean, my nine to five, like I work in a restaurant, so it's, it's not that imperative that I'm there super early in the morning, like mm-hmm. yourself with your nine to five with your desk job. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, like what if I have to be, if I, if I have to clock in at 10, I like to wake up two hours early, like eight or something yeah. like that. Just yeah. so I'm like, I know I'm awake by the time I get there, mm-hmm. but yeah, for sure. I get it. Yeah. Um, well, oh, here's one of those, uh, unexpected conversations that we go on. Who knew we were going to talk about sleep for 10 minutes. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Not one, not one mention of Freddy Krueger. That's that's awesome. <laughs> we, okay, so I have, I've maybe, see, I don't think I've ever seen a complete movie of uh, the what's he the Friday the Thirteenth movies. No, Freddy Krueger is Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, well there, there you go. And I'm a big kill hard, yourself. What's that? <laughs> Kill yourself. <laughs> I am a uh, I am a fan of horror, uh, but okay. I am like from Scream on. That's when I really got into so horror mm-hmm. was in the mid nineties, um, and I've only recently watched uh, classics like The Thing, and oh yeah, and uh, the first Alien movie. 
Uh, oh yeah, for sure. And for I, sure. all the other classics are on my list to, to eventually get to. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, when I was a kid, like I would, I've never seen a complete uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, just bits and pieces. Same with, mm. um, the uh, I guess that's Jason, Friday the Thirteenth. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Michael Myers, I've seen the rebooted uh, uh, Rob Zombie Halloween one and two movies, but I have not seen the originals. It may be bits and pieces, but. Right. Yeah. Well, me, I'm a huge, huge horror buff. Like the the movies you call classics, I remember seeing them brand new. I remember seeing commercials for um, Friday Thirteenth uh, Nine, Jason Goes to Manhattan. I remember seeing brand new commercials for that. I remember seeing brand new commercials for Freddy's Dead Number Six, where he technically dies, mm-hmm. and you know, and all these things. Like I have the bo- I, I bought I bought the box set for Freddy Krueger once. Somebody broke into my house in college and stole it. My sister bought it for me again, and that's the one I have now. They come with these 3D glasses because apparently the the movie Freddy's Dead, towards the end, they made it 3D. But back in the day, that meant red and blue. (laughs) So, you know, so they give you these one of a kind um, freaking Nightmare on Elm Street 3D glasses that you're supposed to wear during that time. And all it does is make you um, uh, sick and and, and, nauseous. Um, But (laughs) that's like the 3D effect or whatever. So... Um, I'm a huge Freddy Krueger buff. I pretty much know everything about Freddy. If you ask me anything about Fred- any Freddy movie or any like Freddy trivia, I'll pretty much get it right. That's um, insane. I absolutely love, love. And I can tell you all of the um, discontinuities between the new one, the old one, Freddy versus Jason, all the elements they put in there, um, all the stuff, man. I know about all that stuff. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I, and I consider myself a fan of horror, and but I, I, I've never really taken the time to go back to any of those classics. And I really should because I, every Halloween, um, every or October, I should say, I try to yeah. do the the Halloween movie challenge where I watch one movie <laughs> a night, and I always fail because I, it's, <laughs> it's when I'm sure you have the same problem when when you're uh, an entrepreneur or you're a creative type and you're trying to do whatever it is you do, you don't have time. Mm. It's hard to be a uh, a content watcher when you're being a content generator oh yeah no i i completely agree even now because uh in your intro you mentioned um all your cw shows and me and my friends man dc on cw we love it oh. we love it and the cross i haven't watched the crossover yet don't kill me neither, i haven't watched the crossover yet. I. okay well okay so you've opened up a, a pandora's box because the berlantiverse as i as i call it is let's do it uh, it is my most favorite thing in the entire world like it's oh my God. the walking dead used to be the show that i loved to watch okay um and okay. i still respect. like that show still like the walking respect. dead respect respect okay but but the the all the shows that are part of that berlanti verse uh <sighs> arrow flash supergirl and and legends they're just legends, they're yeah. so so good and you know what? i haven't watched the crossovers yet either because i got so far like i am uh, just kind of, I'm wrapping up girl, girls night out, uh, for the flash. So I'm, I'm in the beginning yes. of November still. Yes. Um, okay. So I, and, and that's the first time since, um, I started watching arrow. Uh, I think I started watching when arrow was on season two. Um, okay. and so it's the first time since arrow season two that <laughs> I have been this far behind on a Berlanti verse show. Uh, oh, and wow. I feel way ashamed because that is my jam but uh yeah i mean how 
I, I like is there anything better on on TV than the DC TV universe? No, no, there's 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 nothing, you know, and and that's that's coming from a guy that doesn't have cable so i don't really watch television oh, okay um but i watch what i want to watch i watch a lot of the classic stuff like you mentioned like we mentioned with freddy cougar and horror but with the berlanti verse man um and i like that I'm, i like that coined term i'm gonna start using that um <laughs> everyone yeah because with everyone calls ahead. it the Arrowverse, but i at this at this point i feel like point. flash right. is a like the flagship show even though it came later and <laughs> It's, I mean, it's funny you say that. Yeah, it's funny you say that because my friend said the same thing. He's like, with this season three, because I hated the idea of Flash being so goofy in season three, like trying to bring it back to the first five episodes of season one. Yeah. They, 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 they expressed that like, yeah, we're trying to bring Flash back to season one. And I was like, oh, that's going to suck. You know, well, this is season four now. I was like, oh, man, that's going to suck. And then I started watching it and I was like, OK, he did it right. And and here's why. You, you mentioned the Berlanti verse, and the Berlanti verse it extends much farther than the DC uh, genres. What well, the DC shows, rather, um, as you know, the Arrow, Legends, Supergirl, Flash. Um, ha- do you remember a show on the CW named uh, The Tomorrow People? Oh, very, very vaguely. Also produced by Greg Berlanti. Okay. Um, a- um, Robbie, uh, Robbie Amell, which is Stephen Amell's yeah. cousin, was the star of that show, which turned out to be the first Firestorm. Um, he was in that show. Um, Julie Pleck is a producer for the Vampire Diaries. Tomorrow People was actually produced and created by Greg Berlanti and Julie Pleck. Once Vampire Diaries started catching some heat, heat, I believe, this is what I believe, she left that show. And then people said, well, Greg, you have this thing called Arrow. What the hell is this? And then Arrow started picking up. And so... And I, that's my belief in why that show died. Why is that important? Because Stephen Amell, who plays the Green Arrow, was a werewolf on Vampire Diaries. And he got he, he eventually got killed. But he was a werewolf on Vampire Diaries. So that's where Julie Plett comes from. And I would imagine that he goes, hey, I got this guy that played this werewolf. He might be good if you tried out for your Arrow show. And boom, 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 boom. It's like everybody in Hollywood, they just like kind of live in this big house and just yeah. like – you know, and they have conversations as they walk by the kitchen and then you have a show and it's it's fantastic. Well, especially so, on yeah. the CW, it seems like the CW um, like cast members kind of yeah. and, and obviously for the crossovers, they float around <laughs> all the time. But right. even between like just the CW, like, you know, like you mentioned Vampire Diaries and Supernatural mm-hmm. and Smallville yeah. and that was on. And like it seems like the right. cast of all these shows, like they start off on another show like Stephen Abel. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then they end up later getting their own starring role in in another show on the CW. Um, oh yeah, yeah, for it, sure. Speak, speaking of Smallville, had it had it, me and my friends were all lobbying for Tom Welling to be Superman. Yes. Oh my God! But were you heartbroken when it wasn't him? Did you expect it wasn't going to be him? Did you want it to be him? Oh, well, I definitely wanted to wanted it to be Tom Welling. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite. My favorite on-screen Superman is actually probably Dean Cain. Um, I agree because okay. uh, you know I I appreciate the the Christopher Reeve stuff, but of I course. rest I, in peace. Yeah, yeah. I but I grew up on Dean Cain. Um, Same. But Tom Welling's like the idea of Smallville was like at the time was so unique, um, right. and I really enjoyed that show. I stopped watching, and, and I want to pick it back up. But I think I, I don't, like I don't think I watched seasons nine or ten of of mm. Smallville, but. Right. I thought like he was, he was great. And I, and when they first announced the flash, I was Mm. like, well, if you're going to do that, like why not 
bring in Tom Welling and you can do it. Like you don't, if you want him as a guest role, like you have this whole right. multiverse thing, you could totally do it. And so right. when, the, when Supergirl brought in, um, Tyler or whatever from, uh, <laughs> yeah. from that other show from Teen Wolf, I think right. it was, uh, I, it, it was, I was disappointed, but I also, uh, did not expect them to bring Tom Welling in. I wanted them to, but yeah. I didn't expect it. Right. And you know, Tom Welling, and who's the gentleman that played Lex in um, um, Smallville? Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, Rosenbaum. Okay, so Rosenbaum has his own podcast, and he had Tom Welling on. And um, they were talking about it, you know? It was like, uh, I guess they were doing like questions from Twitter or something. Yeah. And he said, um, you know, uh, oh, he's, I would say, oh, yeah, Tom, is this is good. Like, would you be on Supergirl? And he's like, you know what? Uh, uh, Rosenbaum was like, you know what? I haven't watched Supergirl, you know, because Lex's sister's on there. Um, and he was like, but he was like, I don't want to be a dick, but if I was on Supergirl, I would, I wouldn't want it for like two or three episodes the way they do now. Like, I would want like a whole season, or like I wanted to, I would want to be a permanent villain. And he was just like, he had this whole complex about him deserving it and all this other stuff. And and Tom was saying that um, he doesn't know if he would do Superman again. Um, oh, which is really straight. Yeah, it is interesting because like those are the roles that they're known for, yeah. but yet they are hesitant to come back to that. And the way the way that Greg Berlanti has what they call legacy casting, yeah. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. And like you just said, he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to be a Kryptonian. He could be a human. You know, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, like I mean, Lois wasn't even human. She was she was a Daxamite. So yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, so yeah, I. And you know it's because I've read uh, Tom Welling. He I guess has had conflicting feelings because I've read something where he like, and I don't know if he actually spilled what his idea was, but he's had an idea about how he could be on that show, um, mm-hmm. and and I've read someone else's idea, which makes sense, is that you could um, basically do, and I I have. As far as comic books go, like I have not read a lot of comic books uh, in my adult life. Um, I've started reading uh, some DC comics recently uh, because I was a, I was writing for a, a, a Batman site. Um, so and I, I continued to read those after I left that site. But um, something that uh, somebody brought up was if you did something like the new 52 slash rebirth storyline which i'm not a i'm not a percent clear on but it sounds like what happened is that the superman from pre-new 52 he went somewhere else and then new 52 superman happened and then at rebirth they kept new 52 superman and brought back the old superman so there, there was two of them and then mm the new 52 Superman merged died and merged or something. I I forgot exactly how, what went down, but they were saying that you could do that storyline in Supergirl to bring Tom Welling in for like an episode or two. And then just because comic books, you never have someone die forever. Like you could easily have him go back to whatever earth he comes from and then have uh, Tyler, whatever, come back as, as Superman as well on uh, Supergirl. Um, right. Yeah. Just like just like Barry's dad, you know, I mean, yeah. and, and uh, as as you as you may or may not know, he's the original Flash, yes, um, yeah. the original television Flash. Uh, what is his name? Jonathan Ship or something like that. Jo- Jonathan and, Wesley uh, Ship, I believe. Which, yeah, exactly. And oh, my God, the most hilarious thing uh, when they went back to 1994 and Dawson's Creek was on a TV. Yeah, that was yeah. 
classically hilarious to me. I was laughing. So, I was the only person in the room laughing, and they were like, "They're like, what's wrong with you?" I was like, "Yo, you don't get it. Like, it's so hilarious to be one of um, uh, one of my favorite moments on the Flash, and I, I think yeah. it was season two was okay. when um, they were talking about the trickster and <clears throat> they referenced all of the pictures from that nineties flash uh, with Mark Hamill as the trickster. Like when they, they just, I love how much I think the flash celebrates uh, the legacy more than any other show. Mm-hmm. Uh, these legacy characters. And maybe it's yeah. because really, I guess out of all these shows, the only one to have like any kind of, history is um is the flash is flash yeah in hollywood and on television you're i think you're right yeah so so they're able to reference all this stuff from the 90s and i i think that was like when they they said mark hamill was coming back as the trickster like it just it was kind of like a like just a neat little way for them to tie in that old series uh, Mm -hmm. as part of the the greater multiverse at the very least like i love that and I think this happened in like the season finale, season one, when he's when he's running and he sees all these different timelines and and right. uh, multiverses uh, as yeah. he's running through the Speed Force. And you see, they show a clip of John uh, was the sheep dressed as the '90s Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yeah, it, it's the Berlanti verse is so goddamn special, and <laughs> I still like the Arrow. Uh, Arrow, I think it's. Um, I really appreciated how dark it was in season one and two, um, right? Because I think you know, going on you know about six years now, six years ago yeah. now, I think that's, right. that's what it needed to be because that's you know it was yeah. what, six years ago is kind of like the fallout of the the Nolan trilogy and. Right. So it makes sense. I think it makes sense that uh, it was so dark and it had nothing else to ground it in any kind of like lightheartedness until the flash came around. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, but arrow is, you know, like I said earlier, it's to me, it's no longer the, fl- I don't even, I w- I don't know if I would say there is a flagship show, but if I had to pick one, yeah. it's not arrow. Like to me, flash yeah. is what kind of connects everything together. And I mean, it is, I mean, Without the Flash, there's no way Supergirl gets to the rest of that that universe, the Arrowverse, right. because she's on Earth 38 or whatever. So yeah, no, no, I completely agree, and like, and and I keep thinking about it because um, at the the ver- the first crossover with the with the Dominators, did you did you watch that one? Oh yeah. Okay, so the first crossover with the Dominators at the end, um, you know, Ali is standing there with uh, with Sarah, and and she goes. And she says, funny how this all started when we both got on that ship. And I thought about that line and I, and I thought, you know what? I don't, I, as much as I love and you love that Flash is technically the, what we see the flagship show. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Flash could have started everything. I think it no. had to start yeah. with Arrow. I think it really did. Yeah. I, yeah. I th- and, and that's, I, you're, you're right. I agree with that. Um, it, because again, if we're looking, I guess 2011 is when when Arrow debuted. I don't right. think the Flash could have survived on on network television in 2011. I think um, you needed to start it in a world of realism. You know, that's mm-hmm. something that Nolan did really great with his Batman trilogy. Is it right. seemed like it's something? It seemed like that's a Batman that would exist in real life. It didn't really feel like a comic book. Um, I think the public needed to see that 
before you got into the silly things with the flash with metahumans with john constantine um and legends of tomorrow and 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 supergirl even um though supergirl i don't know if supergirl could have launched a whole uh verse universe like like arrow did but so I think Supergirl, if, if Supergirl debuted in 2011, I think it would have been somewhat successful and lasted a, a year or two at the very least. But I think so, too. But I, I'm glad I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Supergirl came out when, when she did. Yeah. Um, I think it, I just like you, I thought it was strange. I would imagine that it was strange that it was on like what NBC first or CBS, CBS. or something, CBS. something like that. Yeah. And um, but it was it was still produced by all the same people. Yeah. You know, it, it was a Berlanti. It was, you know, um, Ali Adler was there and, uh, you know, producing it. And I was just thinking. I mean, it made sense because Vampire Diaries was doing their last season. Originals was still going pretty strong at the time. And I was like, okay, well, we have to wait for one of these guys to drop. You know, and then they were trying that they were trying new shows like, you know, Jane the Virgin. They were still trying to figure out if she where she had her place. They're still trying to figure out Supernatural, which still obviously is still going. And then um, that new show, what is it? No, to, uh, no tomorrow that got canceled. Yeah. Like, so they had to give all those a chance first, I guess, because w, uh, the CW bid on them. But um, that was really strange that it went to the to CBS well, first. And I, and I know that I, I, my guess is that CBS just wanted to get into the superhero game. Um, yeah. And the problem with that show, especially if you're going to have it be part of the greater uh, CW verse, which obviously like from the beginning, they kind of thought that's what they were going to do since they had the flash debut, like uh, crossover to that, yeah. um, which was, that is, I think, still today, uh, one of the most uh, adorable episodes I've ever seen of a superhero show. Um, mm-hmm. That f- that first crossover with Flash and Supergirl, like I just there was, I oh. really loved that episode. I was rooting for them. I was like, y'all, please get together. I didn't even care about the show anymore. I was like, y'all need to hook up right now. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> it's funny because th- that happened. I was like, ooh, and I think that's the same season where um, where Barry what. Uh, and Caitlin did the karaoke or whatever. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That and, was like, oh man, Barry, like Barry is killing the game. He yeah. just don't know how to do it. He just he's yeah. Well, that, and because that, that was the I was like, oh my god, I'm a I'm a big fan of Super Flash right now. But like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Like it, it gave. I was. I'm. I I know. You know, Barry and Iris are the, are the ones that yeah. are meant to be together. But I'm a Snowberry fan. Like I want Caitlin oh, yeah. Snow and and Barry to get together. Uh, but but Super Flash gave a run for its money because that that was just such a great episode, um, oh, yeah. and and I think that those two mesh so well together because like they just to me they they're just the same yeah. show with different characters like they they feel um, very much the same uh, tone wise whereas. Uh, Arrow, despite it being a little bit more lighthearted than it was six years ago, is yeah. still. Um, just way different in tone and, and legends of tomorrow is, you know, also different in tone. Like that's like right. that legends of tomorrow. What I love about that is it's literally just a new comic book every week. Cause it's just so much, it's so crazy. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and you mentioned tone and I think that has a lot to do with, uh, with the way it's shot and where it's shot and arrow predominantly shot during the evening time. Um, and you know, flash kind of in the day, but at night, but then like Ali says, it said it himself when, um, when he was training Barry and Barry, uh, uh, he got whammied by that anger, anger meta or whatever. And he said, um, he said, uh, he said something like, um, it's like, uh, 
you know, I, I can't give all of my, I can't give all my villains code names or something like that, you know, uh, uh, here. So, I mean, I, I think, I think that's like little, little moments like that let you know that, you know what, Arrow's going to stay here. Flash is going to stay here, you know, and it, I think it's, it's also, again, the way that they film it, like Supergirl on CBS, it was very bright, very vibrant, lots of blues, lots of oranges, yeah. um, shot during the daytime, villains attack during the day. And, you know, and it was happy. It was this happy thing. Yeah. And it kind of stayed that way for season two. But now with season three, this is like they officially get to start over, completely yeah. start over. They don't have to finish timelines. They don't have to do any of this mm. other stuff. It's completely new. And um, and then Legends, they just get to have fun on Legends. Yeah. Like this entire – have you watched any of the new season yet? Yeah, I'm uh, – oh. I am I think on – I think I'm starting episode four or five probably tonight after this interview if I'm being right. honest. And this and this season, without giving anything away, and you already you could already realize this in some of the episodes already. It's a love letter to the '80s. I can yeah. see it already. Yeah. You know, oh, all of the references and everything. Yeah. Well, the the Ray Palmer episode is the one that I I think I just finished. Um, oh my god! Yes, that was that was exactly where I was going. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, I think what was it called Phone Home. Yeah, Phone Home. <laughs> that episode, the, the the scene of them. <laughs> Uh, flying with the bikes and the ETs. That was like such a, like, like it is, it is, uh, it may not be the, the best of the four on, on there, but it's definitely the most fun. Like, cause they can literally do anything. And I'll tell you what, last year, I want to say that maybe the legends of tomorrow season finale may have been my favorite season finale because it just kind of summed up what that show's about. Like all the craziness Mm -hmm. with that was going on. Um, when they arrived in LA was, uh, it was, yeah, it's, it is a, just a special universe that they have going on over there. Uh, and to like, I'm actually, and I, I normally, um, when I'm caught up on everything, I'll try to like search around and see what the general fandom feels, what's going on. And right. I know like season, what was it? Season four. And I agree. Season four of era was weak. Um, yeah. and, a, but a lot of, like everyone hated, on uh on elicity or you know whatever their ship name is and so now like now that they're like the episode that i just finished like it's no denying that like they're back together and Mm -hmm. i I, i'm so interested in what once i'm getting once i'm caught up to see what the general fandom feels because i know like the the uh, arrow reddit they hated it they hated season four like to the passion with a passion Really? And season four was the most recent one, right? Because they're on season five now? No, or they're, they're on, on season six. They're on season six now. So season okay, five. Yes. Um, season four for me, the the only like it just Remind me about season four. That was Damien Dark. Yeah, that was that was okay. Damien Dark and okay. and I didn't have a huge like I could see why everyone had an issue with it, and it definitely felt like it was the weaker of all the seasons. And for me, mm. I think it was the season finale for season four where like they just were, it was like the city fighting. It was, it was the dark Knight rises just done on TV. (laughs) Uh, And it was like that. I didn't like that season finale at all, but season five really turned around from what Mm -hmm. season four was. That made it feel like kind of like what they said they were going to do with flash this year. Like go back to season one. Right. I feel like season five was like, all right, let's kind of go back and like, we know what works with arrow. Let's go back to the darker roots. And, right. and, um, and that, I, I feel season five was darker and oh, I, yeah, I, for sure. Season, oh man. Season six. So far, like I, I like what I've seen of season six this far. The really? next episode. Yeah. I'm not, 
I don't hate it. Like I, I know it's weird because like he's not Arrow right now, um, or at least in the you know I, I'm about to start the next Arrow episode I will watch will be the Deathstroke one. Okay. Um, uh, so I, I don't know if he's back to being Arrow yet or not, but uh, it's I don't hate it. I it's it's like I said if I had to pick a worst like that's the the show that I don't like the. Uh, or that's the show that I like the least right. out of the four shows. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just because it's, I mean, TV, when you're six years old in television, mm-hmm. um, it's hard. It's hard to keep that fandom. It's hard to keep things fresh and interesting. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I like, I do like it. I don't like it as much as season five so far. And, and maybe that's because it's just getting started, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. But with, um, uh, but what, what was the villain's name in season five? Um, uh, uh god damn, not Morpheus. Um, what is it? Uh, no, I should, anyways, yeah, I mean, it's not important if you figure it out, let me know. But, um, but I mean, the, the way that he just screwed with Ollie, I mean, he, he, he uh, was Prometheus, Prometheus. okay, yeah, Prometheus yeah. by far is the greatest arrow, um. Arrow yeah. villain neck yeah. and the close, very close second, and he was only on there for like three episodes. Is Church? Other yeah. than that, other than that, like those two guys right there. That man, that's all you need. It, it's hard for me because it's hard for me to see them top Prometheus. It's really hard for yeah. me to see that. And you so, know, Arrow was signed on for eight years, so we still have two more years. Of it. Oh, did they really? Did they? I didn't know that it was officially for for up to eight years. Yeah, it's officially eight years. Yeah, and they're they're and I think they're gonna get it. They're gonna get it. Yeah, yeah I think so. Well, and and here's what I love about this whole Berlantiverse thing that they have set up here yeah. is that, like, let's say Arrow, this were to be the last season of Arrow. They, they, Stephen Amell has a job still because he, he may, (laughs) he may not be on a week to week episode or anything, but you could drop him in any of those other shows. Oh yeah. And Um, it'll make sense. Yeah. You could start, you you could debut, like they're going to debut Black (laughs) Lightning later this year, which. Oh my God. January 12th, I think. Something like that. January 16th. I think I read. Something Uh, like that. Yeah. And the, the only issue I have with that show is that supposedly it's not part of the same universe as all the other ones, but right. I feel like they'll change that. I feel like they'll make, they'll, they'll course correct oh, that yeah. because oh, yeah. why are you not going to make it part of the whole universe? But <laughs> you can, the CW is in a, in a, in a great place where they can start introducing all these different shows and yeah. any one of these characters on these shows, arrow flash, uh, Supergirl, in 10 years, there could be a whole new set of four CW shows that are about DC comic book characters. And oh, yeah. Stephen Amell can still show up as the Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why like, I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't go with Tom Welling. Because how yeah. cool would it be to have Tom Welling, you know, as Superman, mm-hmm. just drop in and out whenever he had time, whenever they had a storyline for him. And you right. just, like... You just put an an extra ten seasons of a television mm-hmm. show into your universe, um, yeah. even if you, even if he's not part of uh, Supergirl's world, even if he's part of it like Earth, you know, twenty seven or whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's I think a missed opportunity that they had, but I would love to see my you know, and maybe we can wrap on. Uh, <laughs> on this uh <laughs> since we went on uh we didn't even talk about you yet so maybe this yeah, will be the last okay. thing we say about uh the cw arrow, uh, arrow slash berlanti i can go days i can go days oh my god about so it. can i i love this <laughs> i i love 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 the berlanti verse um but 
uh, Lex Luthor, uh, Mike, Michael Rosenbaum is Lex Luthor. Um, yes. Where Dean Cain is my favorite Superman, Michael Rosenbaum is my favorite Lex Luthor. He is, I agree. Uh, yeah, he was just so good. And uh, I would love to see him. Like, again, here's another missed opportunity. And, and in a world now where I guess Tom Welling isn't Superman on that show, it might not make sense. But that's uh, the writer's job to figure out. I would love <laughs> for them to pan to Lex Luthor in jail uh, on an episode of Supergirl and it be yeah. Michael Rosenbaum. Like, that would, I yeah. think that would get all the fanboys going crazy. It would get me going crazy. I, th- I think so. Um, uh, I, and honestly, I don't know. I don't know if Berlanti can afford him, but at the but at the same time, it would be fantastic. Just as long as we don't get uh, the Kevin Spacey uh, Lex Luthor, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> agreed, agreed. It's. Uh, I mean, there's there's not many great um, Lex Luthor performances. Like I guess um, no. Gene 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 Wilder. No, what what no, was this from the Christopher Reeves? I wouldn't even know. Oh, yeah, I forget. Gene something, I think. If I, 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 He, um, I mean, I guess he was good, but the issue with, like, the Lex Luthor villain uh, in those Superman movies is it was just, like, very, like, all those movies were kind of, like, boring in the sense that, like, well, yeah, it's Lex yeah. Luthor, and he's trying to steal land to, again, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, they tried to be, the, the movies back, the superhero movies back then, they try to be too close to the source material, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why it failed because people were like, oh, and it wasn't the effects. It wasn't anything like that because stuff, the stuff that happened in those films, the, as far as making them production wise, that's exactly what they would have done at that time. Like, you know, they didn't have supercomputers. They didn't have all the stuff we have today. But the point is, they, I think they try to stay too close to the source material. I think they didn't try to be original enough. And um, I think they tried to um, over, like, over-exaggerate and over-glorify. You know, kind of like the Batman, sh- kind of like your, um, your, uh, your West Batman, you know, the pal being, like, yeah. you know, kind of stuff. Um, I think I think they just try to over-exaggerate everything. And uh, the people knew it, but they still watched it because it was Superman. Well, and that first Superman movie isn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know. I, I haven't know. watched it in a long, long time. I'm, I'm yeah. going to for um, like a, a special that we're doing or okay. maybe maybe uh, I don't know if we're doing it. It's a crossover that I'm doing with another podcast. We're doing Batman 89 and and nice. 79, I think it was. Okay. Uh, and so I haven't seen it in a years, but that first one, I don't know if it holds up, but it's definitely not bad. Yeah. Um I agree. But but uh but then after that Superman 2, 3 and 4 from what I remember again it's been years since I've seen them it's pretty much just the same story over and over again like they don't get original like like you said like they kind of do now um right. uh, but you know the DC movie universe is in a whole disarray. Oh my god, I don't even want to talk about it. Cuz I, <laughs> I, I saw I saw Justice League opening night. I didn't pay for the ticket. My younger brother did. I saw it in Hawaii and oh. Oh my god! <laughs> I, was, I I didn't hate it. I I uh, it is the I think it when I and when I talk about the DCEU, I'm talking about Man of Steel on because that's like the okay. that's their version of the Marvel universe is is these this combined universe of movies. I agree um, with that. So the DCEU, I think Justice League is the second best movie in it, uh, with Wonder Woman being the best movie. Um, I didn't like Batman versus Superman. Um. I didn't like uh, Man of Steel. I mm-hmm. fell asleep during Suicide Squad. 
So uh, I, I hate it. Well, uh, let me see. Let's see. Uh, Batman vs Superman. I actually liked that. I think I'm one of five people in the world that actually liked that movie. You know what? I, I we the episode that I finished editing right before our interview tonight that I'm going to be posting. Um, okay. Uh, is our our roundtable we did about Justice League. Okay. And I believe that I was the, maybe maybe one other person, but definitely me. Uh, I may have been the only person that was like, I just, I didn't like this movie. <laughs> like, we all hated Suicide Squad, but yeah, uh, everyone pretty much liked, they liked Batman versus Superman. And, and I think that, um, I think there's an argument for for people that like it like i get i get why people liked it i just yeah. i don't know I, I i i did not enjoy it i didn't i guess i didn't hate it because i ended up watching it on hbo one day um and i had super low expectations for it and so i didn't walk away hating it but i also didn't walk away liking it well here's my thing i the first time i watched that film i watched the uncut version i didn't watch it in theaters okay so okay. i think that contributes to me actually liking it because i got the full experience the mm-hmm. first time yeah. um a lot of it still didn't make sense but i think that's what it, that's what it was for me yeah i've i've heard that the, that the uncut version does make it better but i've also heard that like if you really don't like the 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 theater version the added minutes to to it, it isn't gonna, gonna really help. sway you yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> so, some people say it will sway you but everyone i talked to on, on that round table said it's not gonna sway you if right. if you really didn't like it but um dc i like i said i think they've had a run of bad luck with some of their films especially yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad, which I am going to give a fair shake. I am going to try to watch one day, but excuse yeah. me. Um, yeah. It's Justice League. It's for me, and I won't. I mean, I guess by the time people are listening to this, they've already had the opportunity to listen to the roundtable. But um, yeah. I think that the Justice League uh, movie, while it's not as good as Avengers, comparing it to the other team up movie. Yeah. Um, it's still they they both do what I think they should do, and they just bring a comic book to life. Um, gets me in and out in about two hours or so, and it's just a you know I had fun watching it. But here's the one thing that it really excelled at, in my opinion at least, is that Avengers, the way the team got together felt very uh, odd. Like it didn't feel natural. It felt like they Joss Whedon or or whoever was like, yeah. well, we don't we wrote ourselves into a corner to where these heroes don't want to work with each other. How do we get them to work together? Oh, let's right. kill Colson. Yeah. Whereas justice league, I feel like the heroes, like they came together naturally. And that is huge for me. Like that was like, that was my big takeaway from that movie. Okay. I, yeah, I can, I, I'll give you that. I, I, I will say that the team did come together more, more organically than Avengers. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Um, and that, and, th- and that, I think if, if that movie was garbage, I think that that fact there for me, at least makes it less garbage. And, and I don't think, <laughs> I, again, I don't think that movie was garbage. I, yeah. um, I, I enjoyed it. Will it, will I go to the theater and watch it again? No. No. Um, I mean, I also don't do that often now because I'm, mm. I have kids, but, sure. uh, there's not many movies that I, that I, you know, n- now that I'm in my thirties, now that movie tickets, well, I have, if you don't have Movie Pass, my friend, Movie Pass is a wonderful uh, thing hmm. that I I've only used it for Justice League thus far, but okay. I love the concept of it. I'm gonna have uh, to look up look look into that. What is it? 
it's uh, it, you pay ten dollars a month and you can see one movie every twenty four hours. Oh wow! Uh, at a theater, yeah, it's it's uh, again, I could probably go twenty minutes about it, but yeah, go to moviepass.com and read up on it. I've used it once, uh, and it, you know, for, for me in in the Philly area, um, okay. the cheapest you can see a movie is like I think maybe seven dollars if you go at noon one day, but typically <laughs> it's an average of ten dollars. So. I yeah. see one movie; it pays for itself. I see two; I'm, I'm ahead of the game. So, right, I um, gotcha. and is it exclusive to a, a, a certain company, or do they no, allow? It's, oh, okay. it's a, if they take Mastercard, they take Movie Pass. Nice. Uh, so it, it is. It is. I guess I'll, I should rave about it when I use it more than once. But uh, it, that will that will help me see movie. If I really like a movie, like a movie that I really loved this year was Get Out. Um, that's a movie it. I would. I would see over and over again with movie pass. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Um, all right. Uh, we've gone on a pretty long tangent without <laughs> yeah. even touching on, uh, you or your career. So, uh, I want to, I want to touch on that a little bit before we have to end this show. Sure. Uh, so I guess let's start with the origin of, um, of music. Like what got you into music? What got you into, uh, is it hip hop rap? What, what's the exact genre? Right. So, um, so yeah, so again, um, the, the stage name is hostiles and that is an evolution of other stage names as well. But this is the one I decided to settle on. I even released music under different monikers. Um, well, a different moniker, but this is the one I'm sticking with. Um, it, it is hip hop music, um, in its, in its nearly purest form. Um, I like, I like to write hip hop music with with the sense of like my, of the golden era in mind. And for people that don't understand that term, it's like the nineties stuff, you know, it's, I mean, it's Pac, it's, it's Nas, it's Jay, it's Wu-Tang, it's all that stuff. Like from like 93 to like 99, it's all of that, you know, when bad boy took over and all these things, you know, puff with the shiny suits and stuff like that. Like, like that whole, that whole era of, writing style that's kind of how my lyrics come across so it's not a lot of the stuff you hear on the radio with this repetitive hooks and things like that and these bouncy things you know which is fine and that's that's an evolution but i'm just i'm just not there with my personal music um i guess it all started like back in 94 95 um and i'm 34 years old now so if you want to do the math be my guest um, but uh you know and i would listen and and i remember distinctly remember watching mtv with my tape recorder ready to press record to make my mixtape and uh, a lot of your listeners don't know what i'm talking about but, <laughs> but you know get my tape recorder ready and and montel jordan's this is how we do it comes on the music video and i press record and i just remember being quiet so i don't get myself on the on the recorder and just thinking, you know, what would make this song sound a lot better if he said this during this part and this during that part. And I just kept doing that in my own head with a lot of the music I was listening to. I was like, man, I wonder what this is, what what I'm trying to do here. And later on, I found out I was trying to be a producer and produce the record and arrange things like that. Um, fast forward, I graduated college in 2008 with a bachelor's in criminal justice. And my older brother for a graduation present gave me something that had absolutely nothing to do with my schooling. He gave me a pirated version of FL Studios, uh, which those that may or may not know is a uh, is a pretty much a production program where you can make your own beats and things like that. There are yeah. stock sounds. And he gave me the latest version at the time. He said, here, now that you made mom and dad happy, you can do what you want to do. And 
nonstop. I used it, man. And I was, I was happy with it, using it and creating, you know, obviously all my beats suck in the beginning, but you know, now they're fairly good. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, when I started making beats, I would, you know, shop them around to people I knew that rapped and like local talent here in North Carolina. And they would say like, Oh, it doesn't sound hip hop, this and that. I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to rap over my own beats. Like I'm gonna prove to you that this is hip hop music. And so I released music as a rapper because I didn't want to be a rapper in the beginning. I really didn't. Even though I could, I didn't want to be. And um, so I just started releasing mixtapes, as it were, or albums, um, using my own note, doing everything myself. And um, caught a little bit of traction, uh, but then life happened and, you know, it kind of took a back seat here and there. And now I'm kind of back to it full force, you know, um, uh, going on podcasts like 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 yours and uh you know trying to shop around the music and uh be serious about the streaming numbers and all these things like that and learning the business um because I, I am with my music fairwind entertainment llc i am a business owner uh with that registered with north carolina all these things that you need to be a business i'm that you know um mm-hmm. certified that isrc numbers um, I actually have an artist um, under me that I I am I am his uh, publisher basically. Um, so you know different things like that. So learning the business side of music really helped me come back to it uh, because now you can see the fruits of your labor much more clearly. Um, and uh, ultimately, that's that's what it is. And anybody that asks that like want to ask what's going on with me, I just tell them listen to the music, man, because everything that I and feeling at the time or who I am as a person, I put it in the song. And anybody that I know that is a is an artist and they're upset about something or they feel strongly about something or they're happy about something, I just tell them, man, I, I text them or I message them. I say, hey, put it in the music, write it down. Um, and, I, and oftentimes I'll have status updates on Facebook and I'll say, hey, careful how you treat me because I might write a song about you and not give you royalties. <laughs> so, so ultimately that that's me in a, in a really big nutshell, man. It's so it's interesting because a lot of um, musicians that I speak with when they are, you know, around my age or, you know, give or take uh, a couple of years, like I'm able to to like say, well, what's it like now compared to back right. in the day when you had to do everything like mm-hmm. iTunes wasn't a thing. Uh, but it sounds like when you got into it, like you were already in the new age of media of how you publish and stuff. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I always wanted to be ahead of the game. I was always a curious kid and now I'm a curious adult. Like I always wanted to learn more and know more. And with knowing how things moved and how things worked, the only thing I wish I would have jumped on is Bitcoin. But that's another that's another <laughs> conversation because I just got I just got a cryptocurrency email saying that Bitcoin one Bitcoin is worth ten thousand dollars. But that's neither here or there. <laughs> I, I've heard I heard that today too. I saw a tweet about that or something. Right. Yeah. And so you know, back in the day when when it was you know, and, and here's my thing. Um, even though I am hip hop, I make hip hop music. My most favorite genre of music is actually pop music. And my most, yeah, it's very interesting because um, the next thing I'm going to tell you, my most favorite type of artists within pop music are boy bands. And isn't that strange? Now here's, you know, with, you know, Backstreet, NSYNC, all those guys. Now, now here's, now here's why. Um, Because I look at the boy bands of today, your One Direction and your, all the other guys, I can't even name them all. It's like a million of them. Yeah, I didn't even know there were boy bands around still. Oh, yeah, there there are. There are. They're just very low key. Um, But in any case, 
the way that they those kids are now, like they wouldn't survive in in sync days. They wouldn't survive in the Backstreet days. Um, Backstreet Boys has an has a documentary on Netflix. Um, it's called uh, I don't know what it's called. It's like uh, show them show them what you're made of or something like okay. that. It's pretty much the documentary of them making their their last album, their latest album. Okay, and they talked about going on high school tours they would they would jump on the bus and go to like high schools all around the country and just perform 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 and they said man they had their very first album didn't even come out in the united states it came out in europe and it went platinum and wow yeah and that that album to this day has never been released in the united states obviously with the invention of the internet you can find it somewhere um but that's what i'm saying my point is Back then, you had no choice but to get on the road. You had no choice but yeah. to get in front of people. Now, you can make a fucking YouTube video and all of a sudden you're Justin Bieber. Like, um, you know, without yeah. without all of those things. And even if we go even further back to the Motown days, because I was in choir in middle school and high school, and we studied these things when we didn't sing. Motown back in the day with their Temptations and, you know, all the, and all these and all these groups, they actually went to school. When you got signed to the record label, it was at least two to three years before you put a record out because you went to class. You went to dance class. You went to songwriting class. You went to vocal training. You went to what is called media training, teaching you how to conduct yourself during an interview um, and when you're in the public. And you did all of these things. And that's how these um, record labels built their artists because they wanted them to succeed for the long run. Nowadays, it's not about that. You know, if you're hot now, that's it, you know? And if you want to continue to be hot, you got to do it on your own. The label is nothing but a bank now. And so Mm -hmm. for independent artists, and I'm sure you've heard that, and independent artists nowadays, they really do have to be an entrepreneur. They have to be a business for themselves. You can't just go out there and rap anymore. It doesn't work like that. You can't just go out there and get signed because they're not signing new talent. They're signing old talent with an already backing. I know people that have tried to get signed and the record label says, Hey, you need this many Twitter followers. You need this much engagement on your Instagram. You need this many, blah, blah, blah. You have to already have a pretty big ass resume to get signed, to get a loan from a business that's going to take it on the back end anyway, with royalties, with, with a 360 deal. And you're just left with the exact same stuff that you had before. Now, when people say, you know, would you sign a 360 deal? What now would Hostiles sign a 360 deal with a record label? Probably. You're damn right. Because <laughs> and 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 here's why, even though all the shit I just talked about it, here's why. Because they're inertly gonna do things for me that I can't do for myself. Um, even though a lot of that I could do for myself, but in in this type of industry, entertainment industry, it, it is about unfortunately who you know and and less of what you know. And, um, but the good thing about me and my position is that if that were to happen and, um, and honestly, I'm not shooting for that on the day to day or even with like interviews and, um, and releasing the music, um, I would know more about how they're playing with the money or how everything is cut and things like that. Cause I always said, if, I don't know if, if rock nation ever wanted to sign me, they're not signing hostiles, they're signing fair one entertainment, you see. They're going to make a deal with my company. They're not making a deal uh, with me. So that's the biggest difference between then and now. People still rap. People still make beats. Honestly, to, in my opinion, the sound of hip-hop doesn't sound that much different from 10 years ago. Um, 
And that's the biggest difference. Artists now, nowadays have to be the business. Back in the day, they could they they could just be the artist and be okay. Well, and that's yeah. I mean, that you, you said it earlier. That is a common thing that I've heard from uh, musicians and and a lot of creative types. Uh, you know, outside of of music, right? Is that it is um, if you're going independent, that means you are going independent, like that. Uh, and and obviously, a lot for a lot of us, like. I'm not getting on the radio. I'm not getting on any of these major podcasting networks. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, I I think for me, uh, cause I've always used some sort of creative outlet. Like, you know, you, uh, you mentioned earlier how you write music, uh, to, to express yourself like most musicians do for me. That was, you know, back in the day that was wrestling. I would, I would jump in the ring and, and Mm. hit somebody in the head with a chair and, (laughs) and, and now it's, podcasting is like my thing is where I like, all right, this is my creative outlet. I, some like, I, you know, this is a pretty standard episode. Uh, but sometimes I'll do something like the round table and then I'll spend an hour trying to create a fun little intro for it. Or I'll do dopey. Like I, there's been episodes of this podcast where I sat in the car talking to myself as Batman, uh, <laughs> just because I want to do something different. Right. Um, so it's, uh, it's, if you're going to be, I guess that independent, you have to have some sort of expectation that you're going to be a business uh, and you need to know every aspect of that business. Um, and, but it seems to be like the most common with musicians, whether you know, you're a hip hop artist or a punk rock artist. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I complete, I completely agree. Um, you know, and, and, and it's because it's because it is all the same. The only thing different is the type of music we make really, mm-hmm. you know, um, Cause I follow, I follow a lot of country artists, believe it or not, um, on, on Instagram. And, um, it's, it's the same for them. I, I mean, I see, I see their struggle. I see them being able to perform and I see them, you know, being able to, um, to collaborate with others and doing songwriting sessions and, and things like that. And, um, it's, it's, it's certainly true, man. You have to, you have to know at least a little bit about the business side, um, in order to become a business uh, like this yourself, and DJ DJ Payne One is a uh, hip hop producer. He's he's had placement. His very first placement was on a Young Jeezy record, um, like ten, I don't know, ten fifteen years ago. Currently, he he gets a lot of placement on Slaughterhouse and like Joe Budden records and Royce the Five Nine and things like that. Joey um, Ortiz, Joel Ortiz, um, but he 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 you know he's he, he said himself too, man. Like you have to be you have to treat your craft like a business, you know? And even, even myself, um, I live, I live my life in quotes a lot of times. And, and, um, there's this one quote that I have. Um, if you treat, if you treat it like a hobby, it's a hobby. If you treat it like a job, it's a job. If you treat it, treat it like a career, it's a career. If you treat it like a passion, it's a passion. Um, and I think that's where a lot of independent, artists whether if it's music or or even entrepreneurs they kind of get it they kind of get it twisted really you know i mean and and gary v is a huge huge uh voice in my ear from the day to day i listen a lot of gary v um gary varenchuk are you familiar with him no okay gary v's uh um he started as a as a wine seller uh i mean if you just if you just type gary v like you'll see all his all his videos very very inspirational guy um, you know, uh, uh, the point is, um, he, he says, he, he says a lot of it, a lot of it like that too, you know, just, you know, get off your ass, get it done. And, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't want to do it, then it, you obviously, you know, don't, don't want it that bad. Um, 
you know, if you, you say the reason why you're not successful the way you are is because the two or three hours that you have, you're fucking sitting down watching House of Cards or you're, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that or whatever. And there's this one segment where he breaks down, you know, the 18 hours and Puff Daddy said it too. You know, we have, we all have the same 24, you know, what are you doing with yours? And Gary Vee just kind of breaks it down even more. He said, okay, what do you sleep? Four, five, six hours a day? Okay, six hours. So now you have 18 hours that you're awake, that you're going to do something. Okay, you go to your nine to five. Okay, that's eight hours. Okay, and then probably like an hour time traveling. Okay, so that's nine hours. Okay, no, two, three, four hours with the kids. Okay, cool. And then what are you doing with that extra chunk of time? You know, and- And that really, and that, and that kind of circles back full circle to what you and I were talking about earlier about, you know, sleep schedules and being productive or unproductive. And, you know, I think about that a lot. And, um, I feel like if you treat it again, treat it like a hobby, it's a hobby, a job, it's a job, career, it's career, passion, it's a passion. And you just kind of have to really not even kind of, you have to be very consistent with that. And you have to make that decision for yourself, uh, early on. Otherwise you'll just be doing stuff just to be doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I I couldn't agree more with that. That's, uh, like I've been podcasting for 10 years. I started podcasting in in the summer of 2007. And, um, back then my mindset was like, how do I do this to make money? And, (laughs) um, which I think is like a good mindset to have, I agree. but, um, I don't think, and maybe 10 years ago, it was like the only mindset to have, but definitely now in this era of everything is awesome. Like my mindset is, is I just want to do it to like, I want to have fun. Like, let me, let me be creative. Let me do my thing. And then I don't, it's podcasts. I'm never going to make money. And, uh, whereas the, the money still is not rolling in the, the opportunities to do fun and cool things like live shows and collaborate with other podcasters and, I'm um, just fully embracing the podcasting community. Like it's, it's totally shifted where, uh, where like I had none of that 10 years ago and, 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 and I have all of it now. So, whereas I don't know, I don't really know how I treat this podcast. Um, I, I just kind of, whereas I, I say it's a business, I, I don't, I, I probably don't treat it like a business cause I don't try to make money off of it. Right. Uh, but I, I do try to just have fun with it and make sure that, um, I'm, I can engage with an audience and whatnot. And I, I guess it's more of a passion and, right. and that is how I treat it. And it's, um, and I think that that's where it's, where it pays off when, cause I don't, I guess I don't really, again, podcasting isn't a, a thing that you can make money on. So I think, or you can, yeah. uh, but it's very, it's probably one of the most difficult things to make money on, I think. Right. Uh, and, uh, I think you just have to be like, 250% dedicated to it being a business. Whereas right. with a passion, it doesn't feel like a job when you're 250% uh, committed. And it's, yeah, it's just a different feeling, I guess. But I agree with, with that saying, you have to treat it how you want it to be for it to be that thing. Right. Exactly. You know, and it's, and, and we also have, we also have to understand that people define success extremely differently. You know, yes. your definition of success is very different from my definition of success from my mother's that's in the, in the living room from my brother that's in Hawaii and all these things. You know, if, if success to you is 2.5 kids, a white picket fence and a beautiful wife with a cushy job. Great. If success to you is $40,000 a year. Awesome. You know, you just have to, I think people lose that. I think people don't have a goal in mind. They just have a thing in mind, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and that's kind of where they lose it, you know, and, and even, even in this conversation, I'm imagining that 
you responded with what you think my definition of success is instead of your own definition. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I feel like people do that too often and they just need to buckle down and see exactly what they want and 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 track a path to, to, to go to that. Um, without a goal, you don't have, you don't have a path. You're just literally driving until the gas runs out of your tank. Yeah, no. And that's, uh, why I like this show, I have fun little goals. Like let's do six shows a year, like six live Mm. shows a year. Um, and like, we didn't hit it this year. We didn't hit it in 28, uh, 2017. Um, we, I, I banked on other opportunities that didn't, that didn't pan out. So that's my fault, but we Mm. still had that goal and we still hit, like, I think, I think, December will be show five, I think, for, for out of six for the year. So still, like, uh, we did good. Like, yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's still a big win. Yeah. Uh, especially again, like podcasting mm-hmm. is you know a, a market that's still relatively new, even though it's ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea to say like, hey man, like come out and watch someone talk on a microphone for an hour <laughs> yeah, yeah. sounds kind of. Re- I mean, I know it's like uh, that's what some comedians do, and and and. Right. and speakers but at the end of the day when you say like well okay here's a podcast and you have to explain what a podcast is then you have to explain why you're doing it live right. it's uh it's it's all part of the fun but it's um uh yeah that's it's why i embrace the goals that i have like you said and, and just kind of uh go with it right and even even that's- with you saying that podcasting is new it is and then it isn't like you said yourself you've yeah. been doing it for 10 years you, yeah. you yourself and um, yes. and Gary Vee talks about that too. He talks about how podcasting is essential to any business. Really, um, mm-hmm. he says he says you know open a podcast, do a podcast, find something to fucking talk about, and fucking talk about it. Like you know, and mm-hmm. and people will gravitate towards that. You know, um, however small or large, they'll gravitate towards it. And just like you have you have a, a dedicated audience from because um, um, uh, other podcasts that you may have done with different label names and things like that. Yep. And now you found a, a really big home here with everything is awesome. Um, I'd imagine that you have fans from loyal fans from then will say, oh, okay, now it's called everything is awesome. Cool. I'm still listen, you know? Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, and, and like we mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, um, Rosenbaum has, a, has a podcast. Um, there's other, there's other actors and actresses that have a podcast. Um, Anna Ferris has a podcast um becca tobin which is uh she's uh she's an actress from glee she has a podcast another actress from glee uh uh, jenna um she has a podcast like everybody has a freaking podcast but does that mean it's oversaturated i don't think so um no here and and this is where i get like real uh i don't know i don't know if emotional is the right word but i like i'm a huge kevin smith fan and yes yes. he is he ends every almost every live show um, that he does, uh, especially his like evening with where he's sitting around, uh, standing around talking with uh, a very, really simple phrase of like everyone go out there and do you have your own story to tell. I want your homework assignment is in the next year to do a, do a podcast, sit down and hit record, sit around with your buddies. Everyone can do a podcast. Everyone has the ability to do a podcast. Yeah. It's free. It's not, it's the wild west still after 10 years. <laughs> yeah. It's not regulated. Um, and it's a perfect opportunity. It's one of the, the, the least expensive um, options to tell a story. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly agree. I, um, one of the things that like I have embraced in the last uh, two years of doing this show is the podcasting community outside of Reddit because the podcasting community outside of Reddit embraces almost everything. Like they're super supportive. Mm -hmm. I remember um, 
using Reddit to promote my a podcast from like five years ago or maybe six years ago or something. Okay. And like they were super negative on people that were like, hey, I want to sit around with my friend and just talk about whatever. And everyone's like, well, why would you want to do that? Like <laughs> why? Like someone already like there's people that already do that. Right. You know, there's famous people that already do that. Why, why should you do that? Wow. And like, that's such a stupid mentality. Like, yeah. why not? Like mm-hmm. if 10 people are going to sit around and listen to me talk, that's 10 more people than I would ever imagine would sit around and listen to me talk. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. Um, I'm not very supposed to talk to you, but no, yeah, I, I, compl- <laughs> I completely get it, man. I mean, for, for me, and it's funny because for me, like I wanted to start, I wanted to start a podcast uh, myself and I did a little bit. I actually have actually have Phoenix Radio, um, uh, because the Phoenix is the mascot for for the Fairwind Entertainment. Gotcha. And so Phoenix Radio was on, and it, and there's still an account there on um, crap. What's the name of it? Uh, I'm looking at my phone right here. Anchor. So Anchor FM. Okay. You, uh, you've heard of this? You familiar with this? Uh, I've, it sounds familiar. Okay. Well, Anchor FM, it's, it's an audio recording app. Um, now it's, it's a bit more involved, but at the base, it's a podcasting app, but in the sense that you only do five minute segments at a time. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. And it's super simple in the sense that when you enter the app and you want to post something, you press, you, you hold your, uh, you press the record button, you go and it automatically posts just like that. No editing, no nothing. You use the, use the, the mic on your phone as if you're talking on the phone, real simple. Um, and that was their thing, simplicity. And so yeah. every day I would do, and it would just be a five minute segment um, or less, five or less. After five minutes, it literally cuts you off. Mm-hmm. And I would do like once a day or like twice a day or something like that. And it, it was it was fairly successful in the beginning, but then, you know, it started tapering off. Um, and then I started back with the music again. And I did want to use it as an outlet for um uh, for, again, for the music, you know, a lot of people say that the Avengers movies is just a two hour commercial so that they can sell toys, which kind of makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted with a podcast, you know, have like a five, 10 minute commercial to, to kind of sell the music as well. Um, and then I found that was a bit much for me, but, but in any case, I wanted to do the podcast as well. Um, you know, podcast thing, but I just, I kind of found it wasn't for me. I, I think, Personally, I think I'm a good guest on podcasts. I think I talk really well. I think, you know, I mean, this one an hour and 15 minutes so far. So, Christ, yeah. And so, you know, um, so I, I, I enjoy that. Um, but honestly, I, I don't really think it's for me. I, I, I much enjoy being a guest because I think it's harder for me to come up with a theme mm. or the questions or be yeah. the host. I think that's a lot of responsibility and you're definitely better at that than Oh, so, so here's, here's my trick though. And I, I kind of let you in on it before we hit record. Right. Uh, I lived the first eight years of podcasting by like, all right, let's, here's, here's the outline. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to talk about. It's going to be me and one other person, me and three other people sitting around talking about whatever, yeah. uh, or, you know, whatever the theme to that podcast was at the time. Um, and I realized that especially after having kids, like it's just a lot easier to not have to rely on a group of people or even one other person to get together because my schedule's so out of whack because I have kids like, all right, well, I'm, I can, I can start recording at 9 PM tonight. Everyone else is like, well, I'm, I'm going to bed at 8 <laughs> 30. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, um, and so that's where like the idea of like, all right, I'll do an interview show. Uh, how am I going to be different than anyone else? Because, you know, there's a bunch out there and I, and, and at the end of the day, I don't care. I just want to do it on my own. And, and, and I, I think I'll have fun with it. And 
my my solution was well like i'll just throw all the prep work out the window i'll be the lazy podcast <laughs> so like that's the that's the great thing for me is that um i know like a lot of people say podcast is a lot of work and it absolutely is yeah. even for for me it can be a lot of work i mean at least time wise it takes up anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half like like we've done so far to record it and then there's the editing which for me is usually very light um, mm-hmm. as long as there's not major issues, right. uh, I just try to, you know, anything that you request, the guest request to cut out, I cut out and I just make sure it sounds good. I don't, I don't go through, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, an, uh, or, um, Nazi. If it's in there, it's in there. It's natural. <laughs> That's how I talk. That's how you talk. Yeah. It sounds uh, fabricated. If I cut all that out, right. In my opinion, mm-hmm. at the very least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, so, like I, I used to, I, I actually, I used to edit a podcast mm-hmm. or like radio shows for, um, you know, for some of my team and stuff like that. And I am an, uh, or, um, Nazi. Um, <laughs> so it would take me for like an hour, uh, radio yeah. show with music. It would take me almost three hours. So like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just, um, there was the episode I just edited was maybe an hour and 20 minutes, but there were five separate tracks, uh, with all the, the individuals on it. And sure. because of the audio drifting issues, Ugh. it took me every 20 minutes took me approximately. And mind you, I was doing other things. So I was a little bit distracted, yeah. but every 20 minutes to, to maybe 25 minutes took me about an hour to edit. Whew. Um, and then <clears throat> it was just insane. And, and then I had, and then I did all these other little things to make it fun for me, but because so so like that proves to me why i don't edit and and i have to edit audio drift otherwise you can't tell what the hell is going on in a in a podcast but i won't go through and cut out uhs and ums because again and unless it's so so bad uh the i never really and now i'm noticing it now because we're talking about it and i noticed i'm saying it a lot and i think i'm saying it a lot because we're talking about it but that being said yeah. normally it sounds pretty natural the way that at least on my shows, it feels natural. So I never edit that stuff out. I respect people that do, and I respect all that time you want to put into it. Yeah. But me, like the idea of this podcast is just about the conversation and about like the unexpected 20 minutes or whatever, 10 minutes that we went on, on sleep yeah. schedules. And then the, I wasn't thinking about talking about the Berlani verse today. So being <laughs> yeah. able to talk about that for nearly an hour, like that to me is what makes this, you know, this podcast, what it is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know why I went on that tangent. I love podcasting. That's that. <laughs> oh, I'm the lazy podcaster. Uh, and that's what makes it easy for me. But I, I, it is a lot of work for people. I understand when people say it's a lot of work, I cheat and, and make it easy for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's the way I, I stay into it. It doesn't feel like a job. And I still think there's a good, good quality content that gets out there. So, no, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're still doing it, right? So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Okay, uh, so uh, hostiles. Is there anything else uh, that you want to touch on? I think we're gonna have to have you on again, uh, oh, so that nice. we can, uh, so that we can actually talk more about uh, music and and the Berlanti verse and whatever else that we want to talk about. But is there anything else uh, that you want to let people know about? Any kind of um, uh, things that you're dropping anytime soon? Any gigs that you have coming up? Yeah, um, currently no gigs, but um, the album is out right now, Bottom of the Bottle. Um, You can listen to it anywhere and everywhere, pretty much. iTunes, Spotify, uh, Deezer, Napster, Apple Music, Google Play, uh, Tidal. 
um, anywhere. Again, it's bottom of the bottle and hostiles is spelled H a space S T E Y E L Z. Um, and that's, that's, that's really it. Um, I'm trying to get some lyric videos together because I do make my own lyric videos. I shoot my own music videos, trying to get all that stuff together. And, um, and for all you listeners there, I'm pretty sure Kev will have some links and stuff, um, within in the description and stuff like that, but also wrote something specific, uh, just for tonight. Um, if y'all wanted to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. All right, here we go again. This is a no beat. Um, I just kind of wrote this, uh, real light, uh, the other day. So. When I was coming up, rappers talking kilos, hoes, money, rolls, and clothes, the fattest ride, and the concrete that gave life to the rose. I wasn't trying to hear all that. I was just an Asian kid trying to make it to class. Then I heard this thing called hip-hop stopped. Me on my tracks, eyes popped out. I was Jim Carrey in the mask, but it wasn't green face paint. Only green I knew was a Power Ranger kicking ass. What I'm trying to say is I didn't live in the ghetto. I didn't sell drugs, I didn't make YouTube videos, but you can get a free hug as long as you got a round ass, nice tits and a minimal makeup. You can't leave it at home, ain't trying to fuck with your clown ass. And every time I was down cash, I would pack Starburst and gummy gums in the book bags. Nobody would suspect the kid with the good grades and the eye glass to ever hustle, but I did it. Cause I tried it. And even though success was slimmer than crack fiends on the diet, people say it did. It doesn't take talent to rap. Probably true. I mean, listen to the bullshit on your Spotify list. Shit. It's probably you. I could sit here and boast about my new album out, but I won't take time from the norm. Cause Asian actors is 1% of any TV show. America, the great America of hate. We all got problems, but America has made a pet out of a rattlesnake. Don't tread on me. I'm just trying to be. The reason my forefathers died, shout out to Bruce Lee, the Mountain Brothers and Jin the MC, Apple the App and Black Eyed Peas. All of us are hip hop on the mainstream, my brother, not just the absence of color. Listen, man, I don't want to waste your time in the can. I like speaking in front of people with a bad toupee and an orange tan, but we got to move the masses out of harm's way. Hip hop is light. The world Damascus. Leave it in ruins. Uneducated motherfuckers don't know what I'm doing. Let me tell you I'm proven. Now rap isn't something that you live, it's something you do. Hip-hop ain't something to kid, it's something to brew. Until potent, something potent enough to give the right message to you, cause it's a lifestyle. Let it be known, everything is awesome, and this is high style, whipping it out, pearls on the phone. That's it. I, I appreciated the, the Green Ranger reference, <laughs> uh, the mask reference. That's, uh, as a, as a 90s kid, yeah, uh, that that may have been my favorite little Easter eggs in your in your in there, but that was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, thank you. Yeah, man. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so is uh, you want to sh- drop your social media plugs uh, real quick before we leave? Yeah, pretty much everything is hostiles. Uh, Twitter. I'm on. You can get. Uh, I'm on Instagram a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, messaging and stuff like that. Um, but it's hostiles. It's um at symbol H A S T E Y E L Z. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Anchor, if you want, <laughs> you know, um, all, all of that stuff, man. Uh, that's that's really about it. I mean, uh, Hostiles, uh, just type Hostiles into Google. All the stuff will pop up. I do have a website. I'm trying to get an app developed um, uh, here soon. Um, I'm actually developing the app. There's this really good um, drag and drop uh, company that allows you to develop apps on your own. Oh, nice. Right. So I'm, I'm doing that. And, um, Oh yeah. Also this, this is the thing I want to talk about. So bottom of the bottle, it's an album pretty much about depression and bottom of the bottle is a phrase 
of how you feel when you're finished drinking or inebriated for whatever reason. Um, and it's about getting over depression. And it's kind of a story. Uh, my previous rap name was L24 Prime. It's very complicated. But Hostiles actually kills L24 Prime. And this album is him going to his court-appointed court therapist to deal with it. And so throughout the album is pretty much him talking to his therapist. Each song is like a story that he has for his therapist. And he, you, you listen and you talk to the therapist in three different three different tracks throughout the album. Um, there's a, a voice actress named Shannon that lives in um, in LA. Um, she uh, she did that for me and she plays the therapist. Fantastic job. And um, and yeah, and so with that, I want to extend what I call the roll after. People call it the roll out, like the album roll out. I, I coined the term, the term the roll after, which is what you do after the album's out. Um, I have the message at the bottom of the bottle, which is a series of videos with... Uh, uh, not some friends and notable rappers and other um, uh, tastemakers in my area, and uh, they pretty much talk about depression and and overcoming it and like th and things like that. Um, the first one I'm going to release is um, uh, Lashawn Jones of Creative Jones Media. Um, he also has podcasts um, out right now as well, uh, three of them, and um, he talks about uh, you know potentially committing suicide because of uh having problems with his his uh his daughter's mother at the time he was living in florida um and then another rapper uh named microwave um he talks about uh depression um as well and how he dealt with it and how he overcame it um and even and you know and and so that and so there'll be a series of that throughout the month of december um, going into the new year. And then uh, the final one will actually be myself. And I'll be talking to the camera. I'll be talking to the people about my my struggles with personal depression, things that you might not hear on the album. Um, so so keep keep on a lookout. Look out for that because depression is real. Everybody goes through it. Um, not everybody gets through it, though. So um, I think it's yeah. I think it's important to shed light on that. Yeah, totally. It's and it's something that and I'm lucky enough to where like I am small potatoes with my depression. Like I can easily kind of find ways to get out of it. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I know people uh, who are very close to me that that suffer from it big time. Uh, and it is definitely something that, um, you know, even if, if you don't suffer from it, you should be aware of it because I guarantee you, you know, someone right. that that suffers from it. Um, and man, that was a, you started that conversation out and I was like smiling because <laughs> of, of the storyline aspects. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait to jump in here and say something. <laughs> and then it got real serious, real serious, <laughs> real quick. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, but no, that's great. I, and I love that. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, and I, and I think there's a statistic out there that it's still for like men, like it's still like a shameful thing for them to talk about. And, right. Uh, the, the more people that are doing things like this to talk about it, uh, and to get people to talk about it, I, I think is very important because mm -hmm. otherwise you, you get, uh, unnecessary, uh, you know, suicides and, uh, or suicide attempts or uh, anything along those lines of people trying to hurt themselves. Right. Uh, it, I don't want to say they can be easily prevented, but you know, mm -hmm. talk about it and maybe it can be right. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I said, the whole album is about that. I'll just go over the, the list. Um, well, the song list is on 13 tracks, Guilty, Back in 94, Because I Said So, Hostiles, Karate Man, Immortal, uh, Love Me When I'm Gone, I Don't Want to Die, uh, Rise, uh, Nightmare, uh, 1428, I Dare You, and How I Feel. 
I wish. So like just off of the song titles, you, you kind of already get into that, into that vibe, you know? Um, and we talked about Freddy Krueger. One four two eight is actually a a uh, a big um, nod to him and uh, Wes Craven, the creator of uh, Freddy Krueger. Rest in peace. One four two eight is actually the house number of Freddy Krueger's uh, house. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, we are definitely going to have to have you back on uh, sometime in the future, sometime in twenty eighteen, to yeah, chat more about all the things because uh, we we talked. Well, what ended up being half the episode now about Berlantiverse, <laughs> uh, I guarantee you the next time you're on, we'll probably do the same right. thing where we talk half the episode about nothing and then we'll finally get to some more stuff about you. But yeah, yeah I really, this is one of my, I can honestly say this is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, nice. Um, but I think that's because we, we you know, you, you bring up, you bring up that Berlantiverse and I'm all smiles. <laughs> uh and, and everything else is gravy after that. Yeah. Uh, so everyone check out the show notes. I'll have everything in there where you can find hostiles on social media, where you can find his music. Uh, you can read a little bit about him in the show notes. It's all going to be listed there. So make sure you check the, check the uh, read more option uh, and check out everything that hostiles uh, talks about today. Thank you for being on the show, sir. Thank you for having me, man. And if you all made it to this to the end of the show here, I'm gonna give you a cookie. <laughs> there you go, a guaranteed cookie. I'm throwing the guarantee in there, but I'm not going to back the guarantee up at all. <laughs> all right, before we call it quits, here's one four two eight from Hostiles' new album, Bottom of the Bottle. I was at the trial. During a round of questioning, the prosecution asked about nightmares that you've been having prior to the murder. Can you expand on that? Now, oh, come on, Doc. You don't want to hear about no bad dreams. They're just dreams. The prosecution used it to illustrate intent on your murder one charge. I mean, maybe it's more important here than you think. Well, I didn't wear a Christmas sweater with knife fingers or seek revenge on my camp counselor, you know, for losing his virginity instead of being a lifeguard. Nobody should take dreams so literal. I agree. And you're still sure you want to hear about this? Why not? We still have about ten minutes left in the session. Okay, Doc. Here's the sex, blood, and rock and roll. Rest in peace, Wes Craven. Some, Some say, say he's a hero. hero. <laughs> Some say he's a villain. Either way, Either way it's, it's time, time to time murder. To murder. murder. Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> Beware. Hostile. <laughs> <laughs> Catching one and dragging the bodies, the bodies are falling, I'm busting a party, the red in my eyes, the body gon' stop me, you wish you could pop me, the shit is not likely, Apollo and Rocky finish you off, shots to the body, EMC, make a trip to the party, pop, 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 motherfuckers gonna drop like you trying to run for the cows. I don't wanna hate it with a problem, but you can bring your ass, we can solve them. Get your boys, your crew, your cronies, homies, whatever the fuck you call them. But to me, they're the walking dead. Grab the machete, be ready. Alice told me, Queen of Hearts said, Off with they hand. Chase me down the alley, rally around me, add an Italian, watch me hang 10. Like my surfing out in Cali. 
uh-huh. Swinging from the palm trees and the cool breeze with the blood on my mic chip. Chilling right here with my mind so clear. Just pissing on your grave with your body on the stairs. If you think I really care that your family got closure, I do this shit for fun and I do it while I'm sober. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Killing all you MCs, murder set me free. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Killing all you MCs, murder set me free. Put a pause to your cause and your balls to the walls, but you guts with the cause and run for your life and your feet come off. Now it's time to crawl to the shore. Imagine Lake Blasted is feeling the acid to capture the massive contraption that's eating the masses. The tremors is lasting, just bashing your head in. Last summer you laughing, this summer I'm capping, I'm drowning your captain. I'm chopping your crew up and feeding the monsters with stomachs that's touching they back and Now tell me who's laughing. <laughs> Had no breath, never out of time. Now you know what the sign to rhyme. Whack MCs, they start to decline. Death to your heart, but I live in your mind. Red free, let's see. Fuckers out here trying to get to me, but they don't even know where I fucking be. Living on the internet, better show some fucking respect before you get machete checked. Nightfall, nightfall. Let's see if you make it past dawn. Past dawn, fucking mask on. They ain't never heard of you. Me, me, I'm the fucking murderer. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Killing all you MCs. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Murder set me free. Killing all you MCs. Murder set me free. Some say he's a hero. <laughs> Some say he's a villain, 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 villain. Once again, thank you to Hostiles for being on the show. Make sure you check out all the show notes for his links and whatnot. And of course, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can sh- follow me on Twitter where I do most of my tweeting at that nerdy Kev. We're also on Facebook.com slash Real Awesome Pod. That's where we uh, promote most of our live shows. Uh, we're also on awesomepodcast.com. We're part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network at coretemparts.com. Uh, make sure you, uh, while you're on Twitter following Hostiles, while, while you're looking uh, on iTunes for his music, you're following us on Twitter, you're on iTunes looking for this podcast, and you're leaving a five-star review. It helps us get more listeners on this show so that we can do fun and cool things like live shows. The goal for 2018 is to go to Wizard World and perform there, so uh, let's make that happen. And of course, you can always uh, do word-of-mouth recommendations or support us on patreon.com slash that entertains for everything is awesome i'm kev we've been awesome thank you for listening to the court and parts podcast network to listen to more court and parts shows visit court